0: Thank you, uh, Pastor Steve, for uh, your prayers and uh, good morning, congregation. I am uh, delighted to be back. I think some of you may remember that um, I did come here a couple of times uh, last year, and uh, each time when Pastor Steve calls me and or texts me and says, can you come whenever it is, and then I have been saying, no, I can't, because I'm already booked. And uh, so, in fact, these two months, I'm so busy uh, within the evangelical free churches, churches in Port Coquitlam, Burnaby, New West, White Rock, and then there's another church in Richmond. Um, They all want me to come and preach the word. So I praise God for the opportunities that I get uh, to go around and preach the word. And uh, what a fantastic uh, worship team that we have here. Um, It is uh, vibrant and uh, lively, and I like it, and it stirs your spirit. And uh, last time when I came, of course, we didn't have the, uh, what do you call it, saxophone? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, in fact... uh, Yeah, in fact, I um, did some uh, downloads from YouTube, and uh, I was uh, going through some classical uh, gospel music, and last night, I was so excited, I went and showed my wife, you know, uh, I was doing this slide presentation, I wanted some classical music to be in background, and it came out quite well, and uh, I'm learning to become a a, a recording artist in the meantime, (laughs) Wow. nowadays with computers you know amazing the things that you can do all right this morning I would like to uh, walk you through some of the stories in the Old Testament and uh, if you have your Bible uh, please uh, turn with me to uh, book of uh, Judges and uh, Joshua and then book of uh, Judges um, Is there another church going down in the basement? (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah, that's what the young people like to do. eh? Praise God. Josh, uh, sorry, Judges chapter 2, verses um, 8 to 23rd. And uh, I might highlight some verses here. um, And then we'll touch through the other scriptures as we go uh, by uh, the sermon this morning. Judges chapter 2, um, verses uh, 8 onwards, Joshua, son of Nun, the servants of the Lord died at the age of a hundred and ten, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance, Atima Harris, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the people around them. They provoked the Lord's anger because they forsook him and served Baal and Ashrats. In in his anger against Israel, the Lord handed them over to raiders who plundered them. He sold them to their enemies all around. Whom they were no longer able to resist. Whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them, just as He had sown to them. They were in, they were in great distress. I'm going to stop it there. You can read the entire chapter to get a better picture of uh, the sermon today. Here is a situation where people of Israel, as a generation, new generation, going through a transition. Now, we have seen the same thing repeated before. We know the story of the wilderness journey. When people of Israel walked through the wilderness journey for 40 years, of course, many of them who came from Egypt, they died. And it was a new generation that the Lord had to raise, except for a few, uh, few people, uh, faithful people like Joshua and Caleb and, and, and the whole clan. So by then, when they come pretty much closer to crossing the, the River Jordan, of course, Moses was no longer. It was time for God to take a Moses away. And then the Lord entrusted Joshua and his company to take these people, cross River Jordan, go to the promised land. When they went into the promised land, we know what happened. God gave instruction to Joshua and his clan what to do with the other tribals and their lands and so on. But then nothing came free for them. As soon as they entered the promised land, the scripture says, free food discontinued. There is no more free food. (laughs) God said, now you got to work hard, cultivate the land, win battles, earn it yourself. Then what happened? Under the leadership of Joshua, Everything was fine. But now we are coming to another situation where it is going to change again. See, my friends, from one generation to another, the presence of the Lord was with them. It was God who provided for them, it was God who took care of their needs, and it was God who helped them to win battles, who brought healing peace, a restoration, and leading them to a land of milk and honey. But here is a situation where the scripture says, after the death of Joshua, another generation grew, they did not Know the Lord, neither they wanted to keep to the decrees and the laws that God had given to them. What does the scripture says? They simply got carried away by the things that they saw around them. You know, sometimes even in our lives, we wonder why we lose battles one after the other. The problem is not with the Lord. The problem is with ourselves. Because the scripture very clearly says the Lord intentionally allowed people of Israel to be defeated. When they went into battles, they were defeated. That is because simply people of Israel did not follow the rules and the regulations that the Lord had entrusted to them. They failed to seek the Lord. They failed to memorize the scriptures. They failed to talk about the great things that the Lord had done among the forefathers. They failed to seek the Lord. They failed to keep up to the law that that God had given to them under the leadership of Moses. There are three things that I I would like to focus at this point. Number one is... People of Israel failing to keep to the covenant that God had made with Abraham. See, God had very clearly told them, remember the covenant that I made with your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, from one generation, it was transferred to another generation. From that generation, it was transferred to another generation. The Lord has entrusted us with this truth, my friends. You know, the very substance of our faith, the anchor of our faith, Jesus Christ, the truth, the word of God, the absolutes that has been invested into our lives. We cannot dilute them. At no cost, we should be willing and committed to carry on the torch that the Lord has given to us. Amen. So the number one thing is they forgot to keep up to the covenant that the Lord had made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, the whole history of Israel, one prophet said, could be summarized by one word. Remember. It is always good to remember the grace of God. It is always good to remember the faithfulness of God. It is always good to remember the provisions of the Lord. Thank God for everything that we have. But often we take his grace for granted and uh, we contribute to this society. We contribute to uh, our generation and we are raising an ungrateful, bad attitude, disobedient, arrogant generation. We have been a part and parcel of this generation. We are responsible. You and I are responsible Because we have failed over the years. We have learned to look around us and we have learned to do things our own ways just as the other nations around us. We do not talk about the roots anymore. We do not know where our foundation is anymore. So my friends... We should pause our life for a moment, look behind, look back. Where did we go wrong? Do we still remember the covenant? Of course, Jesus coming to this world, I mean, it was not an accident or some kind of a sudden revelation, uh, you know, incarnation of some being. It is the plan of God you and I have been included in this very covenant. It's a covenant that God made into eternity. So number one point here, that people of Israel did not remember the covenant any longer. The second point here is disobedient to the law that God had given to them through Moses, thy servant. When I say law, it is not simply talking about the Ten Commandments. It is more than that. Last year, I was reading a uh, book of uh, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's fantastic, you know. Sometimes we don't, we don't take time to read these books. We think, ah, it's Old Testament. What do I learn from that? All kinds of names and peoples and wars and battles, you know. There's nothing good for me. I stick to the New Testament because I, it's easy for me to understand. Yes, of course, but then doesn't mean you got to neglect the reading of the Scriptures. Because more you read, more blessed you are. I'm telling you, this is the truth. You want to prosper. You want to prosper spiritually and otherwise. You want to gain knowledge. You want to have wisdom for your life. You want your children to do well. You want your family to do well. You want your ministry to grow. Read the Scriptures. Read the scriptures and hear what the Lord says. I get really inspired, you know. You are a wonderful congregation. Very receptive. The challenge is not only being receptive. The challenge is putting the word that we have received into action. Amen. So my friends, people of Israel had this precious law given to them. Ten Commandments plus the all the bylaws that goes with it. They cannot alter anything because that is what the Scripture says. The Lord said, supposing somebody's cow crosses the fence and come into your land, what would you do? How would you deal with it? You kill the cow and make barbecues? That's what happens in some parts of the world, you know. I was talking about these cultural differences, how we react and do things differently. See, I come from Asia, South Asia. We are, we are taught and, and we learn things differently. You know, then I come to Canada. You know, um, you learn things differently. I remember the first time when I went to Act Seminary, a bunch of students came on a Friday night and they said, hey, Would you like to go uh, uh, out with us uh, for uh, some dessert? I said, oh yeah, sounds good. And they said, oh, we'll give you a ride, you know, come with us. They were very loving and caring because I was, uh, I'm the, I think I'm the first Sri Lankan student to get a scholarship to go to act Seminary. I'm proud of that, to be the number one, see? (laughs) <laughs> I could not afford to come here if not for the, uh, the scholarship I got. Praise God. And then I go with them, and, and then they took me to a restaurant, and we all sat around this table, and everybody ordered whatever they wanted. I was a little bit nervous because, you know, I mean, after all, you know, you're new. And, and then I was very careful. And then, then at the end, they were all collecting money, and uh, I had no money. I had like 10 cents or 20 cents or whatever, you know, and uh, my life was uh, by faith. In fact, you know, I don't know how I ended up paying all my tuition, close to about $20,000 or so for two years, a master's degree, and uh, when, the, when the time came to graduate, I did not owe any money to the accounting department. It was all paid for. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and somebody had slept, a, like I put an envelope through my dormitory door. I, I, I go and open, and there is like, you know, some bills, like, you know, $50 or $20 or $100, anonymous. I, I still don't know who these people were. And then when I go to the accountant, and the accountant will say, hey, uh, Ranjit, I have good news for you. Um, you know, don't worry about your tuition for next semester. Someone came and paid us next semester this is how the lord had been providing how, how the the reason why i'm sharing this is because it is it is it is our uh, it should be our passion to remember god's faithfulness his provision people of israel forgot the precious law that god had given to them it is not only only spiritually breaking the law but they also broke the law morally Their moral standards were all gone, away, destroyed. The scripture very clearly says they went after other gods. Theologically, we define this kind of a situation as apostasy. Apostasy is leaving your faithful one and going after other ones. Just like in a marital situation. You are married to the Lord. You know, it it is, you are part and parcel of this Lord's plan. Now, you being so unfaithful by going and serving other gods and goddesses. They did not remember. This is the new generation I'm talking about, my friends. They did not remember the Lord. They broke the law. They broke the covenant that the Lord had given to them. They they broke the law that the Moses had given to them. So it is spiritually and morally they broke the law. So there is being unfaithful to the covenant. Secondly, we see disobedient to the law that God had revealed to them. And thirdly, I'm going into another segment of this message. That is found in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses uh, 1 to 9. Very, very inspiring, interesting passage. 1 Samuel chapter 8. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as judges for Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel. The name of his second was Abijah. And they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. It's heartbreaking. Here is a preacher here is a prophet. By the way, Samuel was the last of the judges. He was the last of the judges because after his time, it was a new generation that the Lord was raising up. After his time, it was the prophets. It was the time of the era of the prophets who revealed the facts about the Lord. He was the last of the judges. Of course, we know the story of Samuel. His mom did not have a child and she would go day after day to the temple and plead with the Lord. And and she would say, "If if I have a child, I will dedicate this child to your service. Literally, this mother with such a passion, like any other mother, invested in this child Because she wanted this generation to be a godly generation. She wanted this child to impact many other lives in the history. So what happened? When the child was given, he was named Samuel. And the next thing we know is she would go and dedicate this baby Samuel to the temple. And there was a priest and he would serve at the temples. And the Lord spoke to him even at his very young age. Samuel grew up. He became a judge. See, after the time of Joshua, the nation of Israel did not have a ruler, did not have any counselors to lead them properly and guide them. That is why God had to appoint judges. But they did not simply care for judges. They won small battles and few uh, things here and there. As a nation, as a new generation, they failed, my friends. Samuel grew up. He had two sons. That's what the scripture says. Did they take after their father? Not really. They were after dist honest gains. Not only that, they perverted justice. These guys were supposed to serve in the temple. I think I have permission to say these guys. They were supposed to serve in the temple and follow the footsteps of their father. Now, it's a challenging point because people were looking up to looking unto Samuel, being a godly man, so that he would raise these godly children who could give the leadership to the nation and serve the nation. That did not happen. Another change. What happened? The scripture says, we will read a little bit further. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah, they said to him, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all other nations have. Now, do you, do you follow something here, common? Every time, it says, just as other nations, just like other people around us. You know, people of Israel wanted to be politically correct. Just like here in in the Western world, you know. We are always trying to be, oh, politically correct. Don't, Don't talk about sin too much because they might be offended. Hey, you got to speak the truth. Because only if you speak the truth, that truth can set you free. If you don't speak the truth then we are trying to sugarcoat the gospel message and we can survive. We will be building our home on the sand. The storm will come. The wind may come and we will be destroyed because we don't have a base. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot wear a mask on Sunday morning coming to church. You cannot go to the closet and say, "Mm, Today, what am I going to wear? Okay, I haven't worn this shirt for so long. And uh, I'm going to wear that. My suit and tie. I look so holy and godly. (laughs) You know. And this morning, actually, I was thinking, I should wear a jacket. Maybe I should put a tie. And then I thought, nah. White Rock Community Church is just a simple church. (laughs) Past. (laughs) you know, pastor doesn't even wear a tie or a coat, you know I shouldn't want, why would I offend him you know, Ah, just be relaxed in fact I asked my wife, I said well, you have never been to this church fantastic congregation, maybe you should go with me this morning she says, "Uh, you know in the morning it's a little bit uh, lazy to get up so early eh?" I said, well we had to leave at least 8.30 she asked, why 8.30 you know, I said, well I had to preach in two services. That means two different churches? I said, no, it is the same church. So why do they have two services? I said, because that is how they are. Like they have one service in the morning for people who want to wake up early and come, and the second service later. You know, she says, ah, no, I'm not going to be listening to your sermon twice. (laughs) That's what she says. I said, oh, well, carry on because of course she goes to church uh, with our son, and then one car is gone and the other car is home, so she'll be going to church, but at uh, 10.30, not at 8.30. So, my friends, these are free stuff I'm throwing, okay? No charges. So, my friends, here is another transition. You can't look around and do things like how other people do it. Now the interesting point. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, listen to all the people. Listen to that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. Wow. Wow. Samuel was under the impression, wow, I served these people so long. Now I am old. Of course, my sons are no good. What do I do now? I will be gone very soon. I got to do something about this thing. Then the Lord speaks to Samuel and says, don't worry about it. It is not, it is not your leadership. You know, I'm in charge here. All what they are doing is they are they're not rejecting you but they are rejecting me. Wow. I think the Lord, Lord was, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he was offended. He was, he was rather, I'm trying to describe in human terms, you know. Uh, he, he was hurt because he had, he brought these people up. He fed them. He nurtured them. He t- took care of them. You know, it's like the little baby, you know, we dedicated. I was thinking, Great example this morning. That's what the Lord wants us to do. It is easy for us to stand here and do a prayer and say yes. But, but uh, often, you know, once we are out of the church building, we forget everything. We don't, we don't pray for anybody anymore. Our prayers are getting shorter and shorter. Because we live in a, a speedy, fast faced society. We live in changing, transi- you know, a transitional time. Every day, every every week, every month, there's something new coming up. All these computer gadgets, you know. I like I like walking into computer stores and then of course I don't buy anything. You know, I look at things and I question, okay, what would this thing do? You know, then what would that thing do? You know, too many things, too many things. And everything is instant and fast. I don't even call Pastor Steve anymore, I just text him. You know, and the text is also getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> you know. And a couple of times I had a hard time, especially when you when you text with teenagers, you don't understand their language. <laughs> so I'm misinterpreting the messages. Well, you said you are not coming. No, 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 I didn't say that. Read, read this. So you know, it's very hard. It takes a while, so I had to read about two, three times. What does this mean, you know? Maybe, maybe you know, it's a mistake. No, no it's not a mistake. It is, it, that is the message. So my friends, people of Israel forgot that the Lord had been their king until this time. Theologically to describe, it is, it is a transition from theocracy to monarchy. Don't get carried away by these big words. Theocracy to monarchy. Theocracy means God's governance, God's rule, his reign, his power, his kingship, his leadership. But what did the people of Israel do? They said, no, we don't want you anymore. Give us a king. They said, just like the other nations around us. You want to be politically correct? Going back to the same thing. You know, this is where the world today is divided in two. The Eastern, from Mideast to the Far East, they are focusing on a Unitarian sacred society. This is not something new. This has been from the time of Tower of Babel. These things have been there in the world. Unitarian sacred society. They believe in one thing, they want to do it. There's a struggle for power. There's a struggle for control. There's a struggle to say who is right and who is wrong. There are, these struggles have actually uh, are driven by evil intentions. Of course, we know the root cause for all these things. There is sin in it. So, under the the, the banner of a Unitarian a sacred a society, so-called people who think alike and and who are opposing to the opinions of other people want to get together. It it does not matter how they want to perceive their goals, but they want to get there. But the Western society here opposing to those things, and we are kind of building a. Unitarian, a secular society. When I say secular, we are very liberal in our thinking. We are very liberal in our schools. We are very liberal in our institutions. We are very liberal in our polity. So we are neither hot nor cold. We want to follow the middle path and be neutral. I don't offend you, so you don't offend me. We can live in peace. Nobody wants to deal with the truth. If you want to speak about the truth, if you want to define sin as sin, people may get offended. You find other words, other definitions to discuss the scriptures. Even churches today have got carried away by this philosophy of politically being correct. We cannot adapt and adjust and alter our truth to fit the system of the world. The politics, the religion, and the military, the economy. These are two factors that is influencing the societies today. So my friends, we cannot adjust the the doctrine. We cannot adjust the gospel to fit the system of the world. Do not dilute the truth that is in your hand. Do not try to alter it. Do not try to compromise things and say, well, you know, still it is okay, you know. As long as nobody knows about it, you know, just a little bit, there is no such things. There are no gray areas. We cannot live a Christian life like that. Neither do we can conduct a church like that. So when you come to church, you don't come to church thinking, what can the church offer for me? It's the wrong way of doing church. Instead, you should be thinking, what can I offer for the church? That is because I want you to be responsible. It starts in your home. If you are responsible, if it starts at home, then you are a changed person. You come to church as a changed person. Then we can make an impact in our society and bring a change. So, my friends, this morning, I want you to just meditate upon these scriptures and look at the challenge that's ahead of you. I don't have to give a whole lot of details about the current society and the changes that we go through repeatedly, but then we should actually hold on to this, this valuable truth that is invested in us, and you and I have a responsibility to pass on this truth to the next generation. That's why I titled this sermon Obligation of a Generation. You and I have an obligation. We are accountable. We are accountable and we have a responsibility. I would like to end this message by reading a, a psalm. Psalm 145. Maybe we all should rise up to our feet. And uh, Psalm 145, if you have your Bible, please turn with me to Psalm 145. We are going to be reading from verses 1 through to 7. You, you can just start reading even as I read it, or you can read it quietly, or if you want to uh, say it loud, no problem. Why not we all read together? It could be different versions. I am from NIV, New International Version. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. goodness and joyful easing of your righteousness praise the lord praise the lord let's pray dear heavenly father i thank you once again for this wonderful opportunity that you have given to us to meditate upon the word even as we have heard read the scriptures today i pray lord that we will hold on to the absolute truths that you have given to us unchanging unshakable Lord, you are omnipotent, omnipresent, all-knowing God. We are being reigned and ruled by you. We want to submit our lives. Lord, renew our hearts, our minds. We repent. We repent of our wrong doings. We ask the Holy Spirit to intervene on our behalf, to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ so that we will be an obligation, we'll continue to serve this generation with the power, the anointing, and the truth that has been presented to us. We give you all the glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, I pray.